Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are back. Our full three-man team is back breaking down the Patriots minicamp, what to make of it, what we can glean from it, if anything, uh, and what to look forward to. We also discuss some segments that will be happening uh, on the show during the offseason. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's YouTube, back on Twitter, took a little break, took a little break, but we're back, and it is the three of us once again. As always, your boy Pat Lane, joined by my two co-hosts now, Ryan Spagnoli and Keegan Stiefel. Now listen, Keegan, I feel like I want to call you, I, I know, uh, what's his name? Fitzy always gets it wrong and calls you Stiefel. Yeah, every time. The, you know, the Stiefel Tower, like, and you know, every time. It's just hysterical that he calls you that every single time, and I'm like, okay. So... Keegan Stiefel, the Stiefel Tower over there. We love it. We love it. We're, welcome back, everyone that's that's watching and listening. We appreciate it. And uh, and we're starting the show, the three-man weave, like, forever. This is it. You know what I mean? This, yeah. this is the new the new normal. It's it's pretty exciting. I'm the third wheel. I've never been so excited to be the third wheel, to be, like, the guy that just comes along and, and adds on to what was already a great podcast. Uh, no, I'm excited. And we've got a ton of, like, new ideas and stuff that we're going to be bringing to the table going into the season to try to keep people interested because july is a bitch of a month there's nothing going on so we're uh we're gonna gonna figure some some stuff out to get people involved it it should be fun yeah i mean and obviously we had a lot we have a lot to talk about um obviously otas and minicamp happened this week some people showed some people didn't which we'll get into um but i think just to kind of Get right into it. I'm, we're, I'm a little rusty here. It's been a while, but um, I think the quarterback. We start there because um, I think the last time we talked after the draft, uh, we were kind of all sold on not a red shirt year, but I think you know the the possibility of Mac Jones playing in year one was wasn't as high as a probability as it is now, if that's the right wording, I guess. Uh, but some of the rumblings that came out this week, the past week. 
Um, I think we really have a quarterback competition on our hands coming up in August. I think um, Mac did a good job from, you know, the reports that came out from down there of, you know, kind of easing his way in, right. Took a lot of check downs in the OTAs and the first time the media members were there, but as the weeks and the practices started going on, you heard he was being more aggressive, pushing the ball down the field, taking some more shots. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I guess I'll start with you, Pat. Your overall, we haven't even talked about this, you know, no, on the yeah. side and, and, and chatted about it. So I'm interested to see if your opinion changed or, or your outlook on the whole situation changed. Well, so this is, here, here's my opinion, right? It was minicamp, right? Now, some of the, some of the videos didn't look good. Some of them looked pretty bad. Um, but overall, it's minicamp, right? Minicamp, and we've talked about this before, and we, you know, minicamp is for learning and teaching that's all it's for it's not for producing it's not for playing it's you know what i mean not to cut you off but we didn't have this we didn't have this last year so it's like all these reports you kind of forget that this is just mini camp this is just otas where it's like okay let's take a step back but we finally have a full season of football full you know slate ahead of us that it's like you know you almost jump the gun a little bit and pretend it's training camp and and you start jumping all these conclusions well that's it i mean it's only Wait, July. And you see it happening everywhere, right? Two or throws, five intercepts. Oh, my God, two or throws, five intercepts. Oh, my God. It's like, okay, relax, mini. Okay, relax. Like, it's all, all new guys, you know? Like, And so it's the same thing with Cam where it's like, okay, yeah, fine. Like, he didn't, you know, he looked pretty bad some of those days. But, like, then the last day he looks fine. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Here's what I'll say, okay? I'm happy with the progression that Mac is making. He seems to be learning the offense. He seems to be understanding things for the most part. And I think that that's, that's a good thing. Now, does that mean he's, he's going to be ready to start? Week one? I have no idea, right? He's not playing against live that, you know, it's, it's, it's just like we're walking basically just a walkthrough, right. Is essentially what it was. And I know they're going not necessarily a walkthrough, but they're not wearing shoulder pads They're wearing nothing. They're just wearing helmets. Right. So that everybody looks good in shells and that's Jared's the thing. Good. You know what I mean? For so, example. So that's where it's like, you know, okay, fine. Like, but, but, you know, until the real bullets start flying and, and the big thing for me, and, and we talked about this in, in Scotia chat, we've talked about this a ton uh, on the Slack channel there. Uh, shout out Scotia Slack channel. It's pretty dope. But anyways, you know, it, it's the pre-snap and the post-snap reads for him are going to be huge. And if he can make those, that's going to be whether he, whether he's ready to start now or not, because that's the difference in the NFL, right? Obviously the speed is there, but like, Brady is so good at doing it without the mobility factor because he can read what's going to happen before the play happens. So he know he said it before. I know the answers to the test, right? So like when he and think about it, think about this team too. Like this is going to be a heavy run team, right? So you got to think. What's up, Josh? You got to think that that this is like this is going to be the situation where you look at it and say, okay, how many times is his back going to be turned doing a play action fake? Then he turns around, and now he's going to know what the hell is going on. And so that's about reading the defense before and then understanding what you're going to see post-snap and then getting rid of the ball. And so, like, we have no idea. We didn't see any of that stuff, you know? So, like, yeah, I'm happy that he's progressing a little bit. Sure, Cam looked pretty bad for a lot of minicamp. But, like, to me, yes, I think there's definitely a push for Mac. But, like, let's wait until – until you know mid July comes and then and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I think like the big thing that you learn from minicamp and you learn it every year is people really like to cherry pick which days matter. Like days one and two apparently mattered because because Mac looked great. 
And then day three, when he tailed off and Cam came on strong and, and really started to kind of look like, I don't want to say anything because I wasn't there, but look like a guy who could actually start for this team when he, when he looked good and, and Mac didn't look so good. Then you kind of just didn't hear anything on day three. It was hey, just uh, like, all right, minicamp's over. Hey, uh, Keegan, not to interrupt, but do you know who looked good all three days at quarterback? Oh, Jesus. Brian Hoyer, starting quarterback, 2021, the 37-year-old. No, but that's the thing, right? Jarrett Stidham looks great during minicamp. No one's going to talk about it because we've all kind of given up on that dream if we had it. Yeah, Yeah. we sure have, yep. Oh, two years in a row. Um, But but it's one of those things. So people just cherry-pick which days matter and which didn't. Uh, I think the overarching theme of everything that we saw the three days or everything everybody else saw and reported to us was Mac controlled the offense pretty well for a rookie. Cam did everything that Cam is, it usually does. He was a leader on the field. He controlled the offense, struggled delivering the ball, but that's just what you're going to get out of him at this point in his career. I don't think we learned a ton other than Mac's picking up the system a little bit better than, than we've seen other rookies pick it up in, in mini camp. But it was nice. I'll say this. It was nice after a year of not having minicamp to actually see rookies do anything after the draft. Because yeah. last year they got drafted and then sat at home for, what, yep. five months? They didn't do anything. So it's nice to actually see these guys like Ramondre Stevenson was out there. Um, Joshua Bledsoe was hurt, but he was out there learning with Cameron McGrone, you know, on the sidelines. Everything that you hear about that stuff, these guys are learning. And that's the big thing with Mac Jones. I don't care what he did throwing the ball. Did he learn the offense? Did he learn a little bit? Did did they get in some packages to where he can feel comfortable to when you get to training camp and you're practicing against the Giants in week two? Is he going to be comfortable running an offense against another team? I think you can confidently say he'll probably probably be pretty comfortable when that, that point comes. Well, I think the, the, the biggest thing I I took out of that is that obviously this, you know, I don't want to say it didn't matter, but it's not as ramped up and it doesn't have as much stock in in training camp as much as training camp would. But I think what you saw this week is a lot what you're going to see in July and August where one day Mac looks real good, right? And then he has those rookie days where he's, you know, struggling to find some consistency and may struggle at some point. Cam's going to have bad days and then he's going to bounce back. So I think if there's anything to take out of that, it's to be ready for stuff like that. Like I think there'll be a lot of back and forth with, uh, I mean, obviously we saw that a little bit early on last year, maybe for the first three days when that, you know, that's so on so competition they had. And then, you know, Stenham got hurt, was held out and Cam ran away with the job. Um, but I think this year where you actually have two guys competing for that role, you're going to see a lot of this where one day Mac looks really good. And then the other cam looks really, it, it's just going to be a back and forth. That's why I'm so excited. And I tweeted it out last week for preseason football, because I think that's when the bullets start flying. It's really important for a lot of guys, especially the quarterbacks. Uh, and I think that's when you'll get to see, but the one thing I wanted to talk about was one of those reports. I believe it was on Tuesday where um, Mac had a really good day and he was working with the first team offense and, and, you know, Patricia Kraft, Ernie Adams at the time, Belichick, they're all what McDaniels is in his ear. He's working with the first team. Um, that'll be interesting to see too, right? Uh, how they, how they divvy up the reps, who's going with who, you know, the number one offense versus number two defense, vice versa. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for me, uh, going forward, but I think the preseason for all these guys, and e- even, even, I think it's interesting too, for the bottom two Hoyer and Stidham, what do they do there? Obviously Hoyer doesn't have to pass through waivers. I think, they'll probably carry three quarterbacks. Um, 
I think that just makes the most sense. Yeah. You know, you the, best, so. the best situation would be for Jared Stidham to play very well. And they have a, you know, a QB needy team, maybe somebody that's looking to take on a developmental guy and you get a, you know, fourth, fifth round pick for him and you find another home. Right. And then Hoyer's, um, Hoyer's I mean, Houston's right down the road. They, they that, have like five guys from that draft class, though. Ryan Finley's there. You can't tell me that they don't want Jared Stidham. You just they can't. Do. They, they do. Signed, they absolutely they, do. They've signed seven former Patriots this offseason. Davis Mills, yeah. Ryan eight. Finley, Deshaun Watson, Tyrod Taylor, and then him. Yeah. I, I didn't even. It, it makes absolutely no sense. But I mean, who knows? Like I said, yeah. that's the one thing I'm interested for is is the whole quarterback room and and um, the joint practices. I mean that that'll be huge. Um, so it, we. It's dry time now, but uh, right. in the next six weeks or so, it'll get really interesting down there. Well, what I'd like to see—I don't mean to cut you off, Keegan. I'll let you go in a second. Very but, good. Um, but like, I, what I'd like to see is they're throwing them in. Like they're just—they're just throwing them in, and they're saying we're going to give you reps. You're not getting second team they're reps. Testing you're them. First team reps. We're giving you know, like we're just going to throw you in now. When when we get into those, you know, into late into training camp, and we're starting to ramp up for the regular season, maybe he doesn't get those first team reps anymore. But He's getting them now because they're just throwing them in. They're saying, let's see what you can handle. Let's just see. Let's just throw you in and see what you can handle. And if he can handle all that stuff and mentally the game comes to him and physically he can play it, now you might look at it and say, you know what? Maybe he is ready to go, right? And and, and I don't know, right? We don't know that, obviously. But I think for them, to me at least, that's a little bit of a sign that they're looking at it saying, listen, we're we're fine rolling with Cam, but. If the kid's ready and the kid can handle it mentally and we think he can handle it physically, then great. We'll play him. Fine. If that's the case, I think, I think what it shows is that at least a willingness to do it, not necessarily that they're going to, but at least a willingness to do it if he's ready. Yeah. And I think like what I would expect heading into training camp with him is early on, you're going to see him get first team reps because that's going to give them a base, like the very base of what he can do with the first team offense or what they expect to be the first team offense. And then as you get later on, you throw him on the second team, give Cam the first team reps, and then he's going against the first team defense. And that's right. right. That's the that's the floor right there. What can you do against a, a really good NFL defense with Christian Wilkerson and Devin Smith and Nikhil Harry and Ramondre Stevenson? Like what, what can you do against these guys? Right. If he can show up and practice then, that's when the talk start of can he start, you know, the season off as the, as the guy. Right. And that that's the perfect segue into kind of the next step. And I think it's being a little overlooked simply because of, of Mac Jones and his, his, you know, past two weeks is this defense, especially the front seven is, is absolutely loaded. When you look at this group, uh, you know, you get Hightower back Van Noy, both of them looked like they didn't miss a step. Obviously Hightower came right in and picked him off. He, they said he didn't, he looks great. He's in shape. He looks to be, you know, back to his normal self. Then you add Matthew Judon. Um, Chase Winovich, Barmore in there, right? I mean, Josh, Josh Uche, Uche. Who, yeah, he was the number, you know, a lot of people had him as, yep. as that number one star for minicamp. He looks like yep. he's, he's about to take a year two jump and, and even bigger than that. Um, so I think that's another, you know, point of this football team where you don't really have last year, you had to have a perfect QB play to win simply because you just weren't talented enough, obviously offensively, but defensively too. It when as the year went on, when guys went out, I mean, you look at that week 16, 15 game versus Buffalo, that front seven had like, Nobody. you know, no disrespect, John Simon, Tayshawn Bauer, Lawrence Guy was out that game. I, you, those guys that they played in that front seven or whatever, um, yep. they, they won't even play 20, right. 15% of snaps this year. No, now I, you add those guys in 
it just makes that complimentary football so much easier and it takes a lot of the pressure off whoever is under center. Yeah. I mean, you saw, you saw two guys that started on that defense last year in week 16, just not get re-signed or three guys just straight up. They let them go. Yep. Carl Davis, uh, jo- uh, John Simon and Chili Calhoun. They all started that game and they let them walk. They, they wanted surprised. nothing to do with two of them are free agents still. I'm right? surprised yeah. Simon, Simon and Calhoun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the level of defense you were working with last year. And then this year, guys who are starting games, who deserve to be starting games, like Jawan Bentley, who played pretty well, especially for a guy who dealt with injuries in his first couple of years, didn't really play at all. He came on and played pretty strong. And then he's going to be fighting for a roster spot at, at in training camp just because yeah. you've – the linebackers, you've got your six, seven deep at linebacker. Well, that's the biggest, that was the biggest hole to me was the, was the linebackers were a disaster last year and, and Bentley played okay. But then like Copeland goes out. Now you, Adrian Phillips is your number one linebacker and he's a freaking safety. I mean, it's just like, yeah. that was insane. And so of course they got gashed in the run game, you know? So they added the defensive line. And it's a good question here. Uh, Hurst Empire is asking about, uh, is it, oh, sorry. Is it a, they're going to run more of a 4-3 or a 3-4? It looks like they're going to run more of an odd man front. Now, of course, you know, they're in base defense like 20% of the time. So, like, who knows what they're going to actually do. But it seems like they're going to try to run more of a 3-4. Excuse me, Godshaw kind of makes it seem like that. Godshaw, Anderson, Guy, like, even Barmore. Like, those are guys that that typically play in that 3-4. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you look at the then you look at the linebackers inside. I mean, Hightower, who I was a little nervous about. There were some reports that he was he was not coming back. He's coming back, and and he he said it pretty definitive. He wasn't happy with those reports either. You know, he was not. not he was not very happy with them. No, his wife no. was super unhappy with those. Yeah, that's very true. Like that is quite that is quite accurate. Um, but you know, but it's it's interesting though when you look at you know what they can do and and you know three four. But then you, if you switch that four three, does then. You know, Uche, who's standing up, put his hand in the dirt. Does do you or do you stand Winovich out up outside, and then he puts his hand in the dirt to to be a rushing DN. So like, there's all those different things that you can do and kind of play with. Where now you have all these guys, these athletic players on the edge that can play D end in the four three in a, in a pass rushing situation on third down if you want. So uh, they have yeah two five. <laughs> they they Listen. have. I mean, let's dude. What they I was going to say is, I mean, on, on a pass rushing down, you've got Christian Barmore, Dietrich Wise, who that's what they do. They're pass rushers, especially Barmore early on. I mean, if there's one thing you can tell a rookie, like go out there and do it's rush the passer, they either got it or they don't. Yeah. So you got those two there, and then you've got Uche, Judon, Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, and then whoever the hell, Kyle Duggar at linebacker. Like, who yep. cares? You run that I mean, amoeba front. Even when you look at the secondary, too. And assuming exactly. they get, they work things out with Gilmore, which we can get into kind of on the back half here, um, that secondary's loaded too. I mean, Jalen Mills, obviously, um, I, I don't take any stock in in a player that that had time in Philadelphia because I just think it's an absolute dumpster fire. Um, and you can Super Bowl champion that they can play. He's a versatile guy. He'll find a he'll find a place on this defense. He'll put him in a yeah. situation to succeed. But Kyle Duggar, J.C. Jackson, assuming you get. Um, you know, Stefan Gilmore back. Where does Jawan Williams find? Does he kind of take those Jason McCourty snaps um, that we saw, you know, a few years back? You know, John Jones out of the slot, another forgotten guy. I mean, their yeah. defense is absolutely loaded. And the good thing is injuries are going to happen, whether it's training camp or throughout the year. They have the depth this year to be able to survive those and plug guys in and, and, and you know, take a little bit off the load there. 
Right. The be- yeah, the best way I saw the defense sub- or described was if they don't have a single injury this year across any of all of the defense, if everybody stays healthy, they're probably going to start about 20 guys just because that's yeah. the amount of stuff that they can do. Right. They- they're yeah. like six deep at-, at defensive line, about eight deep at, at linebacker, and then they've got seven, eight defensive backs that could feasibly start. They, they're going to rotate these guys. They're going to keep them fresh. That, that defense is going to be a friggin' Which nightmare. is good, too. I mean, considering you have some guys on, on I'd say, the back nine of their career, right? Mm-hmm. Hightower, right. um, McCordy, right? And even if you want – I mean, Van Noy's on the north side of 30. How much is – you know, can he play the amount of snaps he did even when the first time 31. around he was here? Um, yeah. So, I mean <laughs> – it's uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think matchup wise, they can match up with anybody, yeah. right? They have the speed to cover a team like Kansas City. They can actually stop the run this year. What was, what was his name? Salvin Ahmed from the Dolphins oh, was God. a fantasy guru for yeah, one what, week because like, he gashed us for a buck. Four 60. touchdowns or something. That's yeah, never gonna happen again. Thank God. Yeah. So well, I, I think matchup wise, they're they're set. They you yeah run whatever you want. We have the pieces and and, and the the players to be able to you know at least limit what you're you want to do. In week two, you know, Zach Wilson's going to make his return to New York. He's going to, it's his first game as a Jet in New York, and he's got to play Bill Belichick's defense. That's going to be, I mean, it's just a slaughter. It's just wrong. It's wrong. I mean, I feel, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, he's got to play Flo twice. He can play Flo and the Dolphins twice, Belichick and the Patriots twice, and McDermott and the Bills twice. I mean, like, the kid's going to get freaking destroyed, you know? Like, it's just, their their defense their offensive line is, is is fine is pretty good right so like at least yeah. he's not going to get killed on every play but like still I mean whew, man but when you, you know, give him I, two I, seconds and he's got got to get rid of the ball and then J C Jackson's back there ball hawking like that's going to be yeah I think I'm no, going to put like fifty grand on it right now that they're going to win that game in week two <laughs> um but you know so it does it does bring us into what what you mentioned Spags that's what I want to talk about is Gilmore because Gilmore is the big question mark here. And JC Jackson to an extent, right? JC Jackson signed his, his, his tender. So like he signed for one year, it's a one year deal. So we'll see what happens next year, but theoretically they could trade JC Jackson if they wanted to. But I think the big question for me is, are they going to pay Gilmore? And I think because for those of you that don't know that are listening or watching that don't know, right. They took money out of this year's contract to give him last year. So they kind of gave him an advance which was great for last year, but now he's making $7 million this year and he has a cap at a 16 still. So, you know, they really, the problem is that they can't add too much onto this year's contract without the cap going crazy. So then they have to say, okay, let's add more years at the end. They're going to have to give him an extension anyways. I think it makes sense to give him an extension. The question is, you know, we've talked about this before. What's the extension look like? Does he want two or three years or does he want four or five years? Because if he wants five years... I just I don't see Bill ever doing that with him the at 31 thing, years old, you know? The the one thing too is um, you know, he's under contract this year, which I think it was McCordy who said. The other thing too is he's coming off a partially torn quad. I, I forget who it was, you know, one of those pro uh, one of the pro football doctors, people you see on Twitter. Right. That takes yep. about four to five months to heal. I mean, that could have a lot to do with why he wasn't there today and we're reading too much into it because it's Boston and it's the media. Uh, obviously right. the contract too. I mean, it's hard to look past that, but I think, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be really, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if, if both sides are talking and they want to get him in, get a physical on him, see how he's doing and then talk money. Um, 
I think what you said was perfect, Pat, the day of the Julio Jones trade. If they're going to commit the money to somebody yeah. over 30, it's Stephon Gilmore. I mean, the, the, way, the amount of times they play, you know, man cover, I mean, he's the best guy in the league to do that. And you, you know what Belichick has always wanted, a true number one corner. He had it with Tlaib. He had it with Revis, Butler for a bit, and now Gilmore. It completely changes your defense. Yep. It, it, is, it is so imperative to having success on that side of the ball. Um, so I'd be curious. I, I hope something would be ironed out by training camp. Uh, one of the, the new things in the NFLPA that I found out was these fines that you can, you know, technically get fined what like ninety three thousand dollars for not showing up to minicamp if you do show up to training camp the team can can wipe those um and you don't have to but if you miss training camp if you skip training camp you are mandated to pay the minicamp and training camp fines uh, yep. i know it's, it's a lot of you know terminology there but basically if he shows up to training camp these fines that they're talking about whatever just put it in this contract um, but I'm, I'm confident they'll get something done i think it makes sense for both sides, and I think the Patriots will eventually cave because he's that important to their defense. Yeah, and and two things on that. You saw that stretch after Asante Samuel left and before Revis got there. Yep. I mean, like Ter- Terrence Weekly. Terrence Weekly. 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 Moore. Oh, yeah. God. Like, no I mean, he made a big play, but. He did. They, yep. they went Earth to the Super Bowl. Out of starting, starting in the like, Super Bowl. Come on. Yeah, so you, you saw that stretch. They, they need a, a number one corner for that defense, the Belichick defense, to really work. And then. On the Gilmore front, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the only words that were spoken between him and Belichick this offseason were, I'll talk to you in July when we can start talking about money, but I'm not showing up. And Belichick said, all right, I'll, I'll talk to you in July. Like, right. I don't think that there's any hurt feelings or anything like that. This is a – I'm coming off of an injury, and I want to get paid more money. I'm definitely not showing up to minicamp. And Belichick's like, yeah, I didn't expect you to either. And, and the good thing, too, about this, because everyone, it's a death sentence to skip minicamp over a contract, right? right? You know, that you hear those reports about Belichick. The good thing is, is, and this could change knock on wood, but he stayed quiet. I mean, he is a quiet assassin, whatever they call him. He's not taking his problems to, to social media. He's not tweeting about, you know, all, all this stuff, which I think is good news for both sides because, A, it's not going to take Belichick off, and, B, it probably means, hey, we'll get something done. Uh, let's, you know, like I said, get you in a physical, see how you're doing. And we'll discuss this kind of after mini camp and make sure this thing's ironed out before training camp. But not just that. You look at the player, right? Yeah, sure. Like, you know, holding out for mini camp and stuff. Okay, maybe not the best look. But look at the player, man. Like, it's Stephon Gilmore, right? Remember Vince when Vince wanted a new contract and he friggin' flipped out and stormed out of the building and was all pissed off. And like, he wasn't quiet about that. And you know what happened? The Patriots put up the money and they paid him. Logan Mankins did the same thing. And guess what? They paid him. Like, because they knew that those guys were imperative to the team and, and were incredibly impactful players on the team. Gilmore is that guy. He is that guy for the Patriots. He is arguably the best player on the team. I was just going to say, he's probably the best player on the team. Like, if right. being serious. Yeah. Like, I don't and think so, there's any doubt about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so he has the ability to do that. And the Patriots are like, look, we need you. So we're going to have to do that. Now, does that matter? You know, we'll see what happened. And and so this is a good question about a three-year deal. For me, that's what I want. I want this year. And they could and make then those Brady moves, more. right? Like they could yep. make a Brady-type yep. contract where the, those, if, hey, you want to test the market, we'll we'll void these, we'll pay you this year, and we'll, right. we'll renegotiate but I don't, next year. See, I, but, see, I wouldn't like that because if you void, would that, I. like that's the problem is that you give them a Taysom Hill, Hill deal, right, where it's like all fake years or whatever, Uploaded. and it's like, what are we doing? Like that doesn't make any sense. We have the cap money now. So bump them up this year and then give them two or three more years and just say, okay, there we go. Done. Now you want to give them one year that's void at the end. Fine. Like I, I'm okay with that. But like 
I want to lock him up. I don't want to say, let's do this again next year. I, I'm not doing that. You know, like, especially at 31. And I'm sure Gilmore doesn't want to do that either. He's 31 years old. Next year, he'll be 32. Like, no one's paying a 32-year-old cornerback. Nobody. So, like, you know, he's just he's not going to get the money he's going to get this year, next year. That's just not going to happen. I mean, the Eagles might. The, well, they gave Darius Slay Khalid stupid money paid. for no reason. Yeah. I, that, but, that's a good deal for him, though, like, at this point. It's like people have, absolutely. have kind of – I mean, that'd be a good deal for both sides. Probably a little bit more of a bargain for the by Patriots way, considering the player. By the way, my, my dad just texted me. He's watching, the, he's watching the stream. He said Mankin sat out six games that year to get his new contract. So I, didn't, I was go. too young. So Yeah, I was like 11 when that happened. So <laughs> anyways, the, the, the last thing on Gilmore for me is, you know, it, even if he sits at home during training camp for the first couple of weeks or whatever, and he pays his fines, whatever it may be, there's going to come a point where they have no choice to, but to talk to each other in terms right. of co- contract stuff because he needs to play to get this year to go on. Like like we saw what Le'Veon Bell did. He sat out a year. They ended up void- releasing him, whatever. He signs. He sucked. He's out of the league now, like two years later. He's not sitting a year, especially a 31-year-old corner. You're not going to go sit a year. So at, at some point, they're going right. to have to talk, and something's going to get done. And And the last thing was – Deion Sanders said it a couple weeks ago. He says, cornerbacks get paid twice. And the reason they get paid twice is because I got paid three times and I fleeced the, the Baltimore Ravens out of like $30 million. And right. he was like 36 at the time. Oh, yeah. They get paid twice. I think Gilmore knows that. So if, if the Patriots present him with a contract, say add three years onto this one, give him $80 million, $75 million, whatever it may be. And you do that, that's his chance. He's going to get that money. No one else is going to give him that money. Right. And if he risks it, then he risks, you know, giving up a, a ton of dough. So if you give him a good enough contract where he can feel secure and feel whatever top five paid corner or whatever like that, he's going to take it. And the, the big point of it is they're going to have to talk eventually. And I would assume it's right around the start of training camp. To me, it's to me, it's a three year extension. Two or three year extension, you're paying him fifteen, sixty million dollars a year, right? That right. that's what it looks like to me because Ramsey's getting twenty. You're not getting twenty million, but if you get somewhere between fifteen and sixteen, now you're like top five, top ten. That to me makes sense. And so you know whatever whatever it takes. Now the way he's what seven million this year, so you got to give him an extra like nine this year, plus the you know what's that forty five over the three years. So you're looking at you know fifty four million dollar extension, right? Like. Right three years 54 million dollar extension like fine like and, my and math is horrible that does thank it. you well i teach math so i i should yeah i was trying to give him like 30 million dollars a year without even knowing um <laughs> <laughs> before we go we were, we were gonna wrap up with one thing next week we have a new segment that we're gonna debut we'll we'll push it off till next week give us some time to research and oh, really get I'm into ready this right now we're gonna push it off yeah. i'm ready right now no we're gonna I push my off. research and everything yeah we'll put oh, uh, I'm, I'm unprepared i'm unprepared yeah, yeah. Spags, okay. I'll blame it on Spags. He's unprepared. So next week we're gonna do, we're gonna do a draft, and it's gonna be a snake draft. Um, each of us will make four picks, and it will be a different topic every week. Next week it's gonna be undrafted free agents. So the best or your favorite, you can interpret it however you want. Um, we'll draft them. Each of us will have four undrafted free agents that mm-hmm. had to start their career with the Patriots. Their their first contract had to be with the Patriots, and um, we'll draft those, and then we'll put out a poll with a graphic that has all of our draft picks and stuff like that for you guys. Uh, we'll all retweet it. The Pat's pulpit um, Twitter account will retweet it. 
and you guys will be able to vote, see whose was best. We'll keep a tally. We'll do that all the way leading up to the season. And then eventually, who knows what we'll do once the season comes. But I stole this idea from another podcast. I think it's really fun. It's a Chicago podcast. They were never going to do a Patriot-centric one. I, I think this is a, a good way to get you guys involved in. Yeah. Uh, for us to waste some time during the week, like an hour, no looking at our favorite undrafted free agents. I call well, Terrence and, Wheatley. And for you, he was a second round pick, bro. Uh, uh, for you, yikes. <laughs> Played like an undrafted free agent. <laughs> he sure did. Um, so the, um, the one other thing for you fantasy people out there, now I'm in the Scott Fishbowl, which is pretty exciting for fantasy people. Uh, That's in a hundred leagues. So. I'm in, I'm in quite a few. I, I joined a few dynasty leagues this year. I'm like, I'm going crazy. So I'm, I'm now writing and podcasting for Eatsley Fantasy. Eatsley Fantasy has kind of been on, um, been on the show, done, done our, uh, done our draft, our draft special the last few years. Um, but we're going to be doing a, a quick fantasy segment every, every week as well. So that may not start next week, but, uh, I'm, I'm in talks with some people to try to get them on just like five minutes. I think Spags idea was like five minute fantasy. I like that idea. So like yeah. five minutes fantasy football update, boom, like here it is, you know, whether it's a dynasty league or just a redraft or whatever, look at these guys, look at those guys or whatever. So, um, just five minutes, five minutes, an episode kind of bring someone in from the fantasy community There's a million people out there. It's some really awesome people out there too. So, um, but you know, try and, trying to kind of trying to hook people up with the fan because because fantasy football is something that everyone does like it's a billion dollar industry right so i hate fantasy football and i still do it like it's yeah, it's, everybody it, yeah. does it and <laughs> and one of the things that we wanted to kind of plug a little bit was the the twitter account yeah podcast twitter account at pats nation pod tweet your questions if you got fantasy questions yes. if you want to see somebody on tag them and tag us and be like hey go on the pod we're, we're going to want to have guests for the draft, stuff like that. So um, follow that, tweet at us, give us your opinion on stuff. Maybe we'll talk about it during the podcast. We're trying to get that thing off the ground a little bit. So Love it should it. be fun. We've had it. Now Keegan took over running that, and like it's actually he's going to do something. So, so the deal is is Pat and, and Spags have big boy jobs. I'm still in school, so I have nothing going on during the week. So All years, I, I, Yeah, I just – I texted – Spags and Pat, and I was like, "Hey, I made a logo. Do you guys want to use it?" And they were like, "Yeah, yep. sure, yep. great. <laughs> Do whatever you want, man. I don't care. We trust. We love, it. We love the enthusiasm, the youthful enthusiasm. It's great. Yeah. You know? So no, it, it should be fun. I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of fun having more interaction yeah. with the fans. Well, that's that's the idea, right? Is we want you know you guys tune in, you guys watch and listen, and and we want you guys to be involved, you know. And and the, and the chat's been great. You know, people have been commenting on the chat, and we appreciate that. Um, but you know, we want to find other ways to get you guys involved too. So, um, so we figure, you know, have you let you guys have a little bit of fun too. And, and hopefully at our expense as well, cause I'm sure, I mean, we do enough drafts and one of us or all of us are going to look stupid at some point. And so, uh, I was you know, going to draft Terrence Wheatley and he was a second round pick. Like, <laughs> it's going to be tough. See, there you go. See, oh man, dude, I was going to win. I was going to win. I was tonight. I was going to, I was going to oh, first no, pick. You over it's over you got you got another you got another week to sit on it yep so do we <laughs> he's gonna overthink it and he's gonna he's yeah. gonna draft somebody horrible I, oh I can feel god it. no but we'll see anyways that's it that's all we got thanks for listening guys we appreciate it we'll be back every week now uh probably mostly on tuesday and wednesday nights we push it to thursday because i i chaperoned the prom the senior prom yesterday at gillette stadium which yeah, is looking cool. snazzy uh looking you know snazzy. Yeah. you know to do it up looking you know good so I'd look for all the female teachers out there. You know what I mean? My prom was at a bingo hall uh, behind a Dairy Queen. <laughs> Here we go. There you go. There you so go. 
definitely better than Gillette Stadium. Dude, you know what we yeah. you know what we gave on the way out? We gave him donuts on the way out. It was pretty dope. So it was it was pretty cool. So that was you, it. You know we like got on the way out. We got whiskey glasses with like the prom on it. Like we were all like eighteen year olds. We got whiskey glasses. I <laughs> they, still they have know it. the deal. They know the deal. <laughs> it was Texas. They're they're wild. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Ah, yeah, you know. Oh my god. Go goodness. have some whiskey on the rocks with your with your pop. <laughs> Well, anyways, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, we'll be back every week from now on, and uh, and we'll see you soon. Take care, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.